Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is Greg Silva, who's the operations director for three treatment centers in Southern California and an expert advocate for those seeking answers when it comes to getting treatment for addiction. Everyone knows someone who needs help. Greg's here to demystify the process and answer the questions we all have about the subject. Welcome to my show. Hi, James. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to that. From Where are you calling in from today? I am in Palm Springs, California. Oh, very good. I am in West Palm Beach, Florida. So you've done so many things. I know you made a huge transition. You were in the marketing world for textiles, and now you are an advocate and a director, operations director for a lot of treatment centers. How did you make that transition? Well, um, it's not a pleasant story, but I was um, working in France a lot, and I had my best friend was doing a lot of house sitting for me. I have dogs. I'm like not only an advocate for drug and alcohol treatment, but I do a lot of dog rescue. So I have Mm-hmm. dogs galore. So my friend yeah. was uh, house-sitting for me, and I knew he was having some issues with drugs and alcohol. And uh, I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I've, I've casually yeah. had a cocktail or two. I've never been, you know, into the party scene, but he was ordering mm-hmm. uh, Xanax off the internet. I didn't really realize that. And he was drinking quite a bit, and it was just not like him, and he really kind of had changed. And I knew he had... Um, some depression and things like that, but I was busy and kind of, I reached out a couple of times to some people that I thought might be able to help. And they just said, well, you've almost got to be his family or his, uh, you know, some spouse or something to be able to uh, do something for him. 
And uh, I kind of let it go. And uh, one day I knew he was having a really bad day. He talked to me and then I didn't hear from him until, you know, for the rest of the day. And when I got to my house, he had actually um, gone into my garage, taken a handful of Xanax, started his car and asphyxiated himself. I found him in my garage mm. and so it tore me apart. Literally, I had so much guilt. I spent a year and a half trying to undo my life really with mm -hmm. where I was working and I just wanted to stay home and be home base. I ended up taking a job by chance at a treatment center, um, you know, probably kismet, but I was uh, doing some marketing and the more I learned, the more I wanted to know. So I ended up uh, working my way into a position where I actually can work with patients and families. And of course I do this kind of thing, like radio mm -hmm. shows and podcasts to get the word out. But uh, that's my kind of life goal now is to help other people. And every time that uh, I can help someone, I kind of look up and say, Blake, that one's for you. And yeah, uh, yeah so um, that's where I'm at. And uh, it's not easy. It's not always fun, but I sleep pretty well at night. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I am so sorry that you had to go through that and all the people who've lost people as well, um, who've gone through that through it because of addiction. And it's, it's so devastating on so many levels. And I, I do like the fact, like the fact, my, my hands are in quotation here, that now you're able to give back and help people who are struggling and help families who are struggling with their family members to help them realize that there's hope. There's always hope. And your treatment centers provide that hope as well. Definitely. So thank, thank you, you for that. Yeah. With, with everything you're doing, what was the biggest, or with the story that you told, what was the biggest hurdle that you had when trying to, trying to help him? Well, um, we talked about this a little bit. I, he had a lot of mental health issues. He had a lot mm -hmm. of trauma. Um, he was kind of kicked out of his family about 15, 16 when he came out of the closet and, uh, oh, he, you know, spent his time, uh, you know, just kind of making ends meet and he was the funniest person I'd ever met, but sometimes the funniest people are also the saddest people. And mm -hmm. oh my God, nobody can make me laugh harder. But I knew he had issues and I knew he had a lot of mental health issues and depression. And that's kind of where I was kind of trying to go with it. You know, was there a hospital? Was there a special doctor? And yeah. you can't, one thing I've learned is you can't make someone go to treatment. They have to want to do it. And uh, mm -hmm. so I would try to get him to, you know, talk to a doctor or whatever. And he just wasn't there yet and i don't think i knew the right questions i didn't know the right people to try to send him to and i mm -hmm. I, I don't know if anyone else in his life ever cared enough to do that mm -hmm. but i know there's tons of people out there listening right now that they have an idea that someone in their life needs help and uh you know i i, I just know that if you have a central place where you can go with these questions you can kind of cut down in the time that it takes to get that person the help that they need. And yeah. it's not always drugs or alcohol. Sometimes it's um, sex addiction. It's, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's tons of addictions out Many there. I'm not always the person to be able to help you. But um, the answer is always the same. You know, you have to try to get that person to understand that they need help. Yes. You know, I, I say that I'm the most persuasive person I know. I can talk anybody into anything, <laughs> but fentanyl and heroin and cocaine yes. and meth and alcohol are way 
more charismatic than I can ever be. Yes. They will suck you in and they will not let you go. And, you know, it's when you decide when something horrible happens in your life, which is usually what happens, that's when you decide I need to get some help. And that's where I come in. I'm, I'll talk you through it. I'll, I'll yeah. help you to understand that it's not going to jail for sure. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's some, sometimes really positive people leave treatment and for the first time in a long time, they feel like they can really take a deep breath and kind of see the big picture. Yes. Uh, my background, which I told you a little bit about it, and for my listeners who don't know my background, so my background uh, prior to all this as a psychotherapist, I worked in many, every every type of treatment center you can think of from dual diagnosis treatment, which means mental health and substance abuse. Um, I've worked in prisons for dual diagnosed people. I've worked in many different things. So from a psychological approach, that is my one of my expertise. And so I, I'm really enjoying hearing this from an advocate and from someone who's an operations director for these treatment centers as well. I do want, and we'll give this at the end as well, but I'd like for you to give the national number that you have right now. That way, if people aren't able to hear the whole show, they can get, they can call this number and they can have a lot of their questions asked uh, answered. So, would you like to give the national number right now? Um, it's the SAMHSA National Helpline. There's a lot of people with uh, either no insurance or um, mm -hmm. state insurance, and if you call the 800 number, they can direct you to a program in your state that can help you. And uh, that number is one eight hundred six six two four, three, five, seven. And that Excellent. is a national helpline that will get you through to someone who can um, point you in the right direction. That's uh, that's just a great resource um, for you. And if you wanted to talk directly to me, um, I think you said you'd allow me to give my number up later. You certainly will. Yes. And I definitely want to do that up front because I know sometimes people are very busy and so they'll only be able to hear half of this interview. And so at the very end, we'll, we'll also post this, this information as well. When it comes to interventions how how do you help people create interventions for people who do need treatment oh that's a tough one because um addiction doesn't just affect the person who's addicted it it affects mm -hmm. the whole family as you know so um i spend a lot of time speaking to families either parents or husbands or wives about codependency mm -hmm. and how um enabling someone to continue on with that addiction doesn't do anybody any good. And it's tough because yeah. it's ingrained. I've had uh, a patient here come in that was um, 40 years old and he had been in treatment, in and out of treatment 70 times. I mean, seven, oh zero times wow. since wow. he was uh, 18. And his parents continued to allow him uh access to insurance and money and things like that, cars, whatever it mm -hmm. took. And um, they felt, you know, he, he learned to make threats. I'll kill myself. I'll, you'll never hear from me again. Those kinds of things. And parent, mm -hmm. parents are scared. It was yeah. really mainly the mother, the dad kind of sat back and let the mother handle it. And finally, when I got a hold of this patient, when they came to me, I spoke to the mother. And I said, Mom, it's time for tough love. And she was the sweetest person ever. It's it's hard to he have these conversations because, you know, people cry. People are at their wits end. They're, mm -hmm. they're petrified that this child isn't going to make it. And I said, Mom, you're killing your son. I hate to say this, but every time you 
either fix his car or get it out of impound, he's going to take that car and there's another chance that he's either going to kill someone or himself. And you allowing him to lead treatment because it's hard or it's not what he expected or whatever reason he's craving, that's not going to help him either. I said, you have to draw that line and you can't cross it. And he has to understand you're serious. So she listened to me and she did it. And uh, it was not easy or pretty or fun or any of those things. But he ended up staying for, I believe, 45 days with us. I think it was the first time he was sober um, that long for years. I can't even remember how many years he said. Um, He left us for a sober living type situation Mm -hmm. and we set him up with things like that. And uh, he's still plugging along. I don't think he's had any mishaps and he's still kicking. And I hear from the mother every once in a while. She's like, thanks for toughening me up a little bit, but that's Mm -hmm. what I needed. And, and that change made all the difference. That shift made the difference. Yeah. Congratulations. So intervention, as we know, are, is for people who are important in the person's life or who are being impacted by the person who is using. And so sometimes the people that are impacted need to have their own intervention, just like you gave to help them realize that, that perhaps they are inadvertently, um, enabling this person. So enabling is, like you said, allowing the person to return to the behavior, even though their motivation may be, I just want to help them. But unfortunately, that's not what happens. So we judge others by their behaviors. We judge ourselves by our intentions. So we can look at someone that's using and be like, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that. But my intention is to help this person, but my behavior is actually enabling it. So that's why it's always important to say, I, my, my intentions may be benevolent, but am I actually making this easier for the person to continue to use as well. When it comes to interventions, because I do want to talk about that as well, interventions, and I'll say this real quickly, I mean, you can add your part as well. But when it comes to interventions as well, everybody wants to make sure, whoever is part of the intervention, wants to make sure that everybody's on the same, same has, has the same agenda, want to make sure they understand the medical aspect of what um, addiction is, so therefore people don't come in from a different reason. When everybody's on the same page, everybody practices what they're going to say. They rehearse it. It comes from a place of support. There's nobody's uh, pointing fingers at anyone. It's just simply saying, this is what's happening. This is what you're doing. These are the consequences. And this is what we would like, like you to do. And then, of, and of course, it all when people have um, objectives, because most people who have an intervention will have objections. And so therefore, each person who's part of the intervention needs to have be aware of that. So let's say the person has children. Well, I can't go to treatment because I have children. So before the intervention happens, you want to make sure that all of that is planned out. So childcare is, is supported, transportation supported, a place like yours is already um, in the wings so that the person can be transported there. All of those objections have to be thought about and planned out. So therefore, when this happens, everyone is able to accommodate that and answer those questions. So therefore, when it is time to go, it is hopefully turnkey and the person is able to go and be able to get, have the successful treatment that just like you provide. And there are um, professional interventionists. It's very daunting yes. to think about um, oh meeting and doing this. I really suggest if, if you're able to um, work with a professional interventionist who will work with you prior to the intervention, they will um, do things like have you write letters to this person and mm-hmm. and set those boundaries. You know, if you leave my driveway in a car and you're drunk, I will call 911. Yes. Those kinds of things. And uh, anyway, if uh, at the end of the show, I will leave my information, but there are plenty of uh, professional interventions that in, interventionists that I can refer to you all over the country. 
and uh, they can Excellent. they can really help you um, put together a plan. Excellent. When it comes to treatment providers or treatment centers, what are some things that people should look for when they're wanting to select one? Well, um, the old-fashioned internet Google search is, is good because mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of reviews. Um, some of the reviews right. are um, not great because sometimes it's a patient very angry that, you sure. know, they hate it there because, you know, they're not getting their drugs. But um, you want to find something that uh, is accredited, that's been around mm-hmm. a little while, that yes. um, has some great uh, feedback from, you know, you'll find stuff on the internet. And then call them and talk to them and make sure that, um, you know, they have, uh, they follow guidelines. Um, ask them, mm-hmm. how soon, once my loved one gets there, do they see a doctor? How soon do they see a therapist? How many mm-hmm. times a week do they meet with the therapist? Those kinds of questions. There are all types of treatment centers. There's the real stripped down ones where it's basically a cot with six people in a room and you get mm-hmm. meals and therapy and it's no frills. And then you have somewhere you're on the beach in Malibu, mm-hmm. you know, getting massages and uh, things like that every day. So there's there's a whole range. And well, sometimes, you know, sometimes one will work for someone and someone won't. But the key is just have the right staff, the right clinical staff, the right mm-hmm. experience and uh, the right intentions. And it'll work out. Yeah, exactly. And I really like the fact you said accredited and, and licensed because there's, I know down here in Florida, there's many, many um treatment centers, some of them are not accredited. So that goes back to their heart and their intent is in the right place. It's wonderful. Unfortunately, if they don't have the the licensed treatment providers that are able to offer the support, then it doesn't matter how great a person's intentions are if, if they don't have the licensed providers. I really hate to get into the negative parts of treatment, but there are kids that get paid to go to treatment. They have great insurance mm. through their parents and they've made their whole life's goal to move from one treatment center to the other. And there are treatment centers that will actually pay them to come there. It's highly illegal and unethical, and uh, but it happens. So um, if you do a little research, you usually find out which kind of what the cream rises to the top, basically. So you'll know the the good ones if you do a little research and ask the right questions. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that because, you know, there's always um, a flip of a coin in everything we do. So the more research you have, and obviously the the people that you're going to connect us with as well, will be able to help people walk through that. For people who don't have insurance, that can be a a huge deterrent because it can be very expensive. What are some workarounds with that? Well, um, like I said, government type insurance, Obamacare type insurance, Mm -hmm. um, is a sliding scale. So if you mm-hmm. don't have uh, the ability to pay, sometimes it's zero, you know, it costs you nothing to get yeah. on it. Sometimes it's a sliding scale. It may cost you a hundred bucks a month, but, and they, and you can get signed up for that right away. And uh, unfortunately the wait list for some of those treatment centers that accept that um, type of thing can be a little bit long, mm-hmm. but, you have to start right away um, trying to get in with one. You'll get on a waiting list and then they'll, they'll bring you in. Uh, most likely you'll have to go to one within your own state to be mm-hmm. covered. But um, there are treatment centers in every straight state that can help you with that. Mm-hmm. And then a place like ours, we take uh, insurance, we take PPO insurance and we are able to bring people in. They're usually not a copay. There is uh 
you know, we, we help uh, get people to us either by Uber or um, we help mm -hmm. with flights and things like that and uh, get oh, wow. them right to us. Um, if they were to come to our area here, um, Palm Springs International Airport is 10 minutes from our treatment center. So we have, oh. you know, personal care waiting for you. We, we grab you by the hand when you land, we get you to the center, we get you uh, brought in and there's going to be a detox period where you're probably not mm -hmm. feeling the best, but you know, one of our treatment centers is actually on a um, aquifer that has hot natural mineral water. Oh, wow. So we oh. have these tubs that you can sit in with natural mineral water that takes a lot of the symptoms of the detox oh, away goodness. without medications. Okay. It's amazing. And we also um, offer yoga and uh, uh, we, I have a lady who comes in and does um, massage and chiropractic work. So um, the physical part of holistic the, of the detox is mm. what people are a lot a lot of them are afraid of. And so um, you know, once I realize that we can get them through it, the first five to seven days, we can get you through it without feeling too yeah. horrible. Um, you know, that's what you that's what you need. And then and then we get right into the therapy. We start talking okay. about you know past histories and moving mm -hmm. forward and what triggers you and what will keep you sober, you know, where we, we work with families, we'll do family therapies and things good, like that. Good. That's so important to obviously include the family, but some places don't, unfortunately, which I'm glad that yours obviously does. We only have a couple more seconds here. Is there one last, um, one last tidbit of advice you'd like to give before we roll out and you can give us all that information? Well, we're, I guess when the sales will be towards the holidays, um, you'll be seeing relatives and friends that you don't see all the time because of the holidays. There is so much stress out there right now in our daily lives. COVID, mm -hmm. lots of things um, are causing people to become even more addicted. You know, somebody drinking a bottle of wine is now drinking too things like that, you're going to notice things. And if you do have signs that someone's um, using, um, reach out, call me, talk to me, let's find out um, what we can do to help this person. Yeah. And uh, we will, we will make it happen. Excellent. Well, Greg, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today. And I just want to find out more information about you to, I guess, look at all three of your treatment centers and all the information you would like to give them. Yeah, please go ahead and roll us out with that. Um, well, we uh, my 800 number is 833-244-5900. Again, 833-244-5900. That rings directly to someone who will answer that, someone with experience in uh, treatment who can give you advice and help and hopefully get your person or you into the right situation. And our website, um, livinglongerrecovery.com, gravitytreatmentcenters.com. And our other one is uh, New Spirit Treatment Center. And that's .com as well. Perfect. My listeners note that if they cannot find this information, enter the place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and read through this, uh, this episode and I will have all the information that Greg just gave us. Greg, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on my show today. I appreciate all your expertise. Thank you, James. That went fast. <laughs> it certainly did. All right. Thanks. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, 
visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.